everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. Before we get started with the show, I have one awesome thing to share with you, and that is that we're doing a crazy Cyber Monday special that started on November 19th last week and is running until tomorrow, Monday, November 26th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific. All of my products over on the shop page can be 40% off when you use the coupon code CYBER. The savings end November 26, 11.59 p.m. Pacific. And this includes savings for my Fat Fueled program, Keto Beginning, Keto Bundle, Balanced Keto, Whole Keto, my newest program of the set, and the Keto Holiday Cookbook. So if you're looking for massive, ridiculous savings on all these programs developed by a holistic nutritionist, I highly recommend going on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash shop. Load up your cart, use the coupon code CYBER, all in caps, no spaces, for 40% off. Okay, you're listening to episode number 113 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about how to get over your love of carbs, diabetes support as an adult, testing your HbA1c, how to deal with doctors when you're keto and diabetic or have issues with your blood sugar, how keto is different for diabetics, especially when it comes to protein and so much more. The podcast extras can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E113. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones and heal your body. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Bogle. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of HappyKetoBody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Our guest today is Jessica Freeman, who's an award-winning graphic and web designer who works with coaches and creatives to uplevel their brand. She has been living with type 1 diabetes for over 25 years and is also the author of The Type 1 Life, a book written for parents of children with newly diagnosed type 1 diabetes. Jess lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, Aaron, and their dog, Morgan. This conversation was on point. Jessica offered so many little tidbits for people struggling with their blood sugar, whether you have hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, diabetes type 1, type 2, all the lessons that she's learned throughout her life when it comes to her blood glucose. If you're having blood glucose woes, I highly recommend continuing to listen because you're going to get something out of this episode. Okay, let's get to it. Hey, Jessica, how's it going? It's going great. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm so thrilled that you're here hanging out with me today. This is so great. And we don't really get to chat about this topic much on the podcast. So I'm happy to delve really deep into it with you. Yeah, I'm excited too. This is gonna be good. So I like to ask all of our guests to come on the show. What does keto mean to you? To me, it means control. It like it drastically, drastically changed my life and really my diabetes when I switched to keto. And so when I think about it, a lot of people in my life that have heard of keto feel like it's really, they're like, oh, it sounds so limiting. I don't know that I could do that. I love carbs, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, to me, it's just total control. And like the carbs are not worth it in my mind. And so it's just, it's control and freedom. It's amazing that you say the carbs are not worth it because I'm sure a lot of women listening are like, 
how do you even get there? Like, I'm so <laughs> addicted to carbohydrates. What was that? Like, was it because you knew that a ketogenic diet could help with your diabetes? Or like, did you notice things quickly where you're like, wait a minute, I'm on to something. I'm not, I'm not changing. What was that like for you? Yeah. So it was actually, we went keto, my husband and I, on January 1st of this year. And it was really, I kind of found keto in December. So it wasn't like I'd been waiting for three months and I'm one of those January 1st people, but it was like, oh, well, like we'll just start at January 1st because we have the holidays and whatnot. And I honestly went into it starting just I'm just going to try it. Can we just try it for like a month and see what it's like, see if it makes a difference. And literally three days in, I was like, I'm sold. I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep doing this. And my husband loves it also. So it was literally three days. And what I saw was, so in December of last year, I got a continuous glucose monitor. It's a sensor that I wear 24 seven and it basically checks my blood sugar every five minutes. I can pull it up on my phone and see what is my blood sugar at this very moment. And before keto, like when I was wearing my sensor in December, it was a roller coaster. It just, the graph was up and down all over the place. It looked like I was driving through the mountains. (laughs) And when I went to keto, literally like day two or day three, it was just a flat line. And I'd never seen that before. And I was like, yeah, I'm sold. Like, this is amazing. Wow. And how did you feel? Like, so your blood sugar is regulated and then you started to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm sticking to it. Did you find those first couple of days challenging to adjust things? It was weird mentally to like not take insulin. <laughs> like I still, so I wear an insulin pump. So I have what's called a basal rate. So that means that I basically like an IV drip is how I describe it to people. So it just continually gives me like a one unit over the course of an hour or so. Um, So I do still have that. So I'm not totally off insulin, but basically I only take insulin when I eat carbs. And so with keto, that meant I wasn't having to take insulin. So it was like, oh, this is like a huge task off my plate every day. <laughs> like I just don't have to think about this. But I didn't really experience any like keto flu or fatigue. And my husband and I work out every day for about an hour in the gym. And neither of us really felt like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like I can work out today or anything. It was a really easy transition for us. That's amazing. That's so great. It makes it a lot easier when you're like, yeah, I went keto and then life was better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have, like, I kept reading about this keto flu and I was like preparing myself to feel like crap at some point. And it was like, no, I'm good. That's amazing. You're so lucky. I can tell you (laughs) the worst thing ever. (laughs) That's what I've, that's what I've heard. And what I read, I was so scared for it. I was like, what if this is like, takes me off track and I try to ditch keto because I'm like, nope, never mind." But somehow it, it didn't affect us. That's amazing. And so when you got diagnosed with diabetes, how old were you? I was three years old. And I was the, my grandma on my mom's side was diabetic, but other than that, I was the only diabetic in our family. And I have a really large family, like extended family. And so, yeah, it was, I have a very supportive family. Everyone knew about diabetes because of my grandma, but it was really just me. And so, yeah, 
when I was three years old. So it's been 25 years of living with diabetes. Were there a lot of support groups and stuff back then? Because I know our old neighbors, when we lived in Airdrie in Alberta, in Canada, our neighbor um, was diagnosed with diabetes when he was about six years old. And they have camps and groups and all these after school programs to teach them all the things. Did you have that or not so much? Uh, so I grew up in a very, very small town. So we did not really have support groups, but I did go to a camp for basically, I think like 18 or 20 years. Um, I went as a camper and then I went back as a counselor. And it's always funny when I tell people about camp because I'm like, it's just a camp full of diabetics. And they're like, that sounds really nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're like, that's, that's really weird. And I'm like, no, it was literally one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Like it was just a very typical summer camp, but it's amazing to be surrounded by people who go through the same things you do every day. Back to today's episode in a sec. I've been a Fabletics VIP since September 2018 and just saved oodles of money on a pair of Pamela shorts, a Hudson seamless bralette, and my new favorite running around town pants, my Kerrigan joggers. If you haven't heard of Fabletics yet, let me give you the Coles Notes version. It's a website with a lot of workout wear for physical activities from the gym and beyond. And the prices are super fair, meaning if what's stopping you from getting out and moving your body is a fresh set of leggings, you can get the leggings and get out there. Fabletics is offering listeners of the podcast an incredible deal you won't want to miss. Get two leggings for only $24. This is a $99 value when you sign up as a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash keto to take advantage of this deal now. You'll also receive free shipping on orders over $49 and international shipping is available too. Again, that's fabletics.com slash keto. Unsure of the link? Simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. How do you do that now as an adult? Do you find like that's important to you? Do you have support, you know, with other diabetics or how how does that look now that you're an adult? Well, thanks to social media, I am still friends with a lot of my camp friends. <laughs> We're all, and we have our own little Facebook group to keep in touch. Um, but now, you know, Facebook groups are really popular. So I'm also in a Facebook group of in diabetics in my state and then also just diabetic women. So there is that kind of support and it's cool. I mean, I have run into people, like I had a friend in college who was also diabetic and I've found friends since then who are diabetic and it's just, we kind of run into each other somehow, either through mutual friends or church or neighbors, you know, whatever. Um, So it is nice to have other adults that I can talk to but it's really the power of social media that connects me to other diabetics. Isn't that cool? Who would have thought? It's I know. (laughs) It's so crazy. So because you're connected with so many other diabetics, do you find like keto is gaining momentum in the space or are people still like, no way, ketoacidosis, super unsafe? Like what are you seeing? So it's one of the Facebook groups that I'm in that actually is how I found keto. I saw some people talking about it and I was like, let's just try it. Um, But there is still a lot of resistance and fear around ketoacidosis. And luckily I have not experienced that. I've never, because I have a friend who is diabetic and she tried keto because she saw me talking about it and 
for whatever reason, her blood sugar went high one day and she, she didn't go into ketoacidosis, but she felt like she was very close to it because she was feeling really sick, couldn't get her blood sugars down, that kind of thing. But yeah, there's still, there's kind of half and half. I feel like there's the camp of us who are like, it is life changing. You should do it. It's amazing. And then there's this other camp of, but like ketosis, isn't that like ketoacidosis? And so then we have to hop in and like, no, there's a difference. And they're like, I, I don't know about it. So yeah, I, I feel like there's still some resistance, but hopefully more and more people start trying it soon. Yeah. So if there, I, I betcha there's at least one more woman listening right now that Googled diabetes, ketosis, ketoacidosis, and just found this episode and she's listening right now. What message would you have for her if she's like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like if you could go back, like what did you need to hear back in November, December of last year to like get you to try it and feel confident in the move? Don't be afraid of the ketoacidosis because it's really like, I find that that usually happens if people splurge, they're like in ketosis and then they eat this massive piece of birthday cake or something, or their insulin goes bad or something. It's really helpful if you do have a sensor because you can see if you start to trend upwards and you can catch it early, but I'd say just try it try it for a month. Like literally I started, I'm, we're going to do this for one month and see how it goes. And then just go from there. And here we are, you know, 10 months later, like full steam ahead. <laughs> I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening, or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. That's amazing. And what did your doctor say? Like, did you chat with your doctor about this? And what was their response to this crazy idea? <laughs> so I did not talk to my doctor beforehand, which I feel some people would say is a bad idea. Um, but I, I saw my doctor actually about six weeks after I started keto because I had one of my checkup appointments. I see my doctor about every three to four months and I have my entire life basically. And my A1C, which is kind of the marker for like what tells us if your diabetes is in control or not. It's kind of how I describe like a GPA of your blood sugar. I love that. Um, yeah. And my A1C for the last 25 years has been high, which is not good. And I showed up and she was like, so your A1C is 6.5 which is basically like an A minus. It's six is perfect. And I was like, are you serious? I've only been doing this for six weeks. <laughs> and she's like, what, do, what are you doing different? Like what made this huge change? And I was like, I'm doing keto. And she's like, oh, so you like, you like it? Are you, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I mean, if it works and you like it, then just keep doing it. And that's all she said. <laughs> but my husband and I have talked so many times over the last several months about, I've been to eight different doctors in my life. I saw the same doctor from three until high school. And then over the last six years, I've seen, I'm on my seventh doctor now. And 
not a single one has ever suggested keto or even low carb or changing your diet at all. They've never addressed it. And it is so frustrating because I'm like, look, look how well controlled my diabetes is now and has been for, I just had a checkup a few weeks ago and my A1C is 6.2. This is the longest, I'm 28 years old and the last nine months is the longest I've ever in my life had a good A1C just because of keto. Like that is mind boggling to me that doctors don't suggest diet changes. Yeah. So if if Keto Unlimited members are watching the video of our recording right now and I'm like, I'm scratching my head and I'm getting <laughs> really angry because, oh, it's, it's so frustrating when you see people that are making a difference in their lives and they're following a certain protocol and medicine is sometimes so far behind what's actually happening in the world. And there are people like you that are brave and say, you know what? no, I'm putting my health into my own hands. I'm just going to do this Mm -hmm. and I can always backpedal. I mean, I would always recommend chatting with your doctor just to make sure that things are good. But but like we all have to be advocates for our own health. And I love Jessica that you've just taken charge and you're like, no, enough's enough. And to have an HbA1c that's maintained that level for this long, I mean, that is huge. That is huge. And that doctors don't recommend this. Now, if people are listening and you're like HbA1c, um, if you want to test this yourself, I recommend using a. Have you heard Jessica of Everlywell? Like yes, a, I have. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I've, I've used their tests. I love. Okay, them. okay, cool. So they have an HbA1c test. I think it's like forty nine dollars. Yep. And I think I have a discount code. Let me just see. If you go to healthfulpursuit.com/well and use the coupon code Keto all in caps, you can get fifteen percent off that test. So. This is not sponsored. I just, you were talking about HbA1c and I'm like, wait, hey, I should mention that test. So you've used it before. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, great. We're on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. And I just, again, I can't believe how many doctors they've, I've never had a doctor even, not even just specifically keto, just never talk about like, what are you eating? They, the only thing they talk about is, okay, we need to adjust your insulin levels. Are you sure you're counting your carbs right? Like that's the only question they've ever asked in regards to food is, are you counting your carbs right? And I'm just like, what? I don't understand. Why are you not, why are you not advocating for this or any other kind of diet change? It's, it's insane. It's like, so I'm anaphylactic to peanuts. And that means that if I eat peanuts, it won't be good for me. Right. And so I avoid peanuts because my body can't handle them. Mm-hmm. I really see diabetes being the same thing. Your body is telling you it can't handle carbs. So why are you continuing to eat carbs? Like it just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so basic. But even in nutrition school 10 years ago, we learned that the key to maintaining a diabetic um, life is to count your carbs and make sure you don't go over that and measure out your insulin. And that was, oh, so much work to be done. But that's why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'd also read a book earlier this year. Um, It's not keto specific. It's just about living with diabetes. And I think it's Bright Spots and Landmines is the title. And in it, the guy, the author said he he doesn't follow keto. He doesn't even mention keto, but he um, found that if he limits his carbs to no more than 30 in one sitting, that helps reduce the number of like blood sugar spikes after he eats. And I was like, what? 
I've never had a doctor even tell me that. I was like, what are my doctors telling me? (laughs) Like, what is, what is happening? So, yeah, it's so hard to find. I mean, I have a couple of really great doctors that I really trust that are updated on all the recent medical research and they chat with their clients. They're like, wait, I didn't know that was a thing. And then they dig into it. They're like, oh, this is a thing, you know, like they're super responsible. So they do exist. It's just really hard to find them. Do you have a doctor now that you really like or not so like just not I, so much? I do like her. Um, she's very supportive. I can, I feel I can be very honest with her, but it's, I mean, ever since I went keto, I show up to my appointment and she's like, yeah, you, you're in perfect condition. So like, nice seeing you. See you next time. <laughs> so it's just, you know, super basic, like kind of check in. But before that, I mean, every doctor that I've had, has always at one point or another said, well, I don't really see any patterns in your blood sugars. So I'm not really sure like what levels of insulin we should adjust. Like if your basal rate needs adjust or your carb ratios need adjusted. So I guess like just keep an eye on it. Like every doctor I've had at some point has said that. And I'm like, okay, so like I'm a hopeless case. Like you just can't do anything for me. (laughs) Oh, you know, your story sounds so similar when I was struggling with hormone imbalance and every doctor was like, well, you don't want to get pregnant. So does it matter? And I'm like, yeah, like (laughs) bone density, sex drive, just overall health of my hair. Like, yeah, it kind of matters. (laughs) Yeah. Like, please, like, can we work on this? (laughs) Back to today's episode in a sec. We've chatted on the podcast before about cleansing and detoxification on a ketogenic diet. And a lot of people have been asking me if I test positive for having a bunch of metals in my body or I'm traveling and the food quality isn't very good. How do I protect my body from these heavy metals and just these toxins overall? And my answer has always been and will probably continue to be charcoal. It's a very powerful detox agent. It's super common. As soon as you ingest charcoal, it goes through your entire digestive canal from your mouth through to your stomach, your small intestine, through to your large intestine, and then anything that it picks up on the way like a little magnet through your body is released through your poo. It doesn't irritate or harm the mucous membranes of the gastrointestinal system, which is really important. And our body systems stay safe and unharmed as this dynamic detoxifier does all the work. You may be familiar with taking charcoal supplements. I always keep a couple of capsules in my purse. If I accidentally eat gluten, I take charcoal immediately and the belly pain and bloat goes down. But if you just want to incorporate charcoal into your daily life or perhaps there are a couple of days where you're just in need of a detox and you want something super simple, I just found the mushroom lemonade with charcoal and chaga from Four Sigmatic. It's a powder that's an all-in-one support for digestion, skin well-being, and detoxification. It's jet black and combines the antioxidant properties of chaga, which is a mushroom, with activated charcoal for digestive support and lemon to to assist hydration and skin well-being to help you glow from the inside out. Now it is sweetened with monk fruit. So what I like to do is add a bunch of water to my Yeti water bottle, add ice on top of that, and then add 
two tablespoons to a quarter cup of lemon juice and then two teaspoons of the mushroom lemonade and with charcoal and chaga powder. Shake it up and drink it throughout the day. Be mindful, though, that because charcoal is such a powerful detoxifier, you don't want to eat with this because anything you eat will not get assimilated properly. So I like to drink this in between my meals, sometimes when I'm fasting, but never, never with a meal. The taste is great and I've definitely noticed a change in my skin. Now you can use the coupon code KETO, all in caps, no spaces for 15% off this and all other Four Sigmatic products by going to foursigmatic.com slash keto. Again, that's coupon code KETO for 15% off to get your glow on. Okay, back to today's episode. So what do you do? Like how... So you go to the doctor. I, I know that I have to like mentally prepare myself to go to the doctor and it ca- takes a couple of days for me to get into this mindset of the fact that I'm going to go here and I'm not going to get in an argument and I'm not going to give them too much information, just enough that I can get what I need. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare yourself for those, those appointments when you are keto and also diabetic? I will say I'm the same way. I kind of have to mentally prepare myself just... <laughs> to not, like you said, get in an argument and whatever. Um, I ta- It's kind of weird. I see, depending on the appointment or whatever, I may see one of two people. Um, if I see the female doctor, like I said, she's very laid back. And so she just is like, yeah, if you're good, do you have any questions? Do you have any problems? Do you want to talk about anything? Like, okay, you're good. The male doctor is a little more confused about keto. And he's just like, he had a lot of questions for me this last time and just questions about like my pump and my meter. It was weird. So it's just me reminding myself that I have to be my, my own best advocate. That's something my mom taught me growing up is you always have to be willing to stand up for yourself and you're going to have to with doctors and getting the you know, prescriptions you need and like, you know, fight for like, no, I, I want you to test this, you know, lab or whatever, and just being willing to speak up because obviously they're not always going to. And at some point, you know, like I was going to leave home and start my own family and whatever. So my mom's like, I can't always go with you to your appointments. (laughs) So um, I've really had to step into that the last few years just with switching to keto and like really being like, no, like I want to figure out why I'm not in control. Like, let's figure this out. Yeah, I have a mom that's like that too. And she still comes to some of my doctor appointments when I'm so like, I just need somebody there to be an advocate because there's a lot of emotional charging and depending how long you felt stuck and alone, having somebody there, whether it be a friend, a partner, a mother, a father, whoever Mm -hmm. um, can be nice. Because I know that even now when certain doctors talk to me, I'm like, okay. And then after I'm like, no, that wasn't okay. Like, I don't even agree with that statement. Why did I say that? So do you feel mm-hmm. that too? I'm yes. like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, dang it. Why didn't I say something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. And so you've been eating keto for quite some time and I'm sure you've gotten into the rhythm. Now, am I right in understanding that your husband is not diabetic? Correct. He's not, but he is very, very supportive and always has been of like, what can we do to take care of your diabetes? You know just always super supportive. And so he was like, yeah, like I'll try keto with you. And 
<laughs> he just loves it because you know we get to eat cheese and meat and he's like yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> do you find that his approach is different than yours of course from a male to female piece but also from the perspective of diabetic versus non-diabetic like can he get away with things that you just can't yeah he um because i found it was about five or six months into keto that i started experiencing problems with too much protein and i was starting to have to take insulin for protein which is not something i've ever had to do before and so having to find that balance and like okay what are my ratios supposed to be and that kind of thing so there's that difference because he might have like two helpings of chicken and I only have one. The other thing is my husband's not a huge fan of vegetables <laughs> in general. So he has very few vegetables that he'll ever eat. So it can be tricky to meal plan for us. But yeah, and he may occasionally like cheat and eat some carbs. Like if he's out to dinner with his work friends or, you know, whatever. Whereas I'm like, no, like I don't want to risk a spike or anything like that. So I'm perfectly fine. Just eating these fajita meat and veggies at this Mexican restaurant. You can eat all the chips and salsa. Yeah. 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 Totally. So I'm guessing, I don't know how much you know about carb ups or cyclical ketosis. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing for you, that's off limits. It's not totally off limits, but I just have to be careful about how many carbs, like in one day, one sitting, anything like that, because it can get a little wonky. But I do, I would say like once a week, maybe, maybe not even every week that I will have a little bit more carbs just so I don't run into that protein problem again, because I found that was something that really helped even that out. Yeah. Okay, I got to pick your brain for a second. Okay. So if you have a carb up in the form of what do you usually go for, like to offset it? Like um, what, are your, what are your go-to carbs? Usually, like I'll have a small just like tortilla with cheese. So there's a mix of, because that's something else that if there's any other diabetics listening, something else my doctors never told me was if you eat a mix of carbs, fat, and protein, then it will, you have a less chance of spiking. Whereas if I just eat chips and nothing else, then it's going to be a huge spike. 25 years, no one ever told me that. So if anyone else out there has never heard that, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I'll just have like maybe half of a sandwich, like one piece of bread or something. I just add little pieces of carbs here and there like for a day to kind of help that out. And then so if you do that, you find that you don't react as much to protein on a daily basis? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like my body just needs a little bit dosage of carbs like every so often and then it's not it doesn't freak out about the protein. This is so interesting. And okay. I, so I was, Okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I will say it took me forever to figure this out because when I would Google it, there was zero information about it. I found like one website with one tiny article about it. And I was like, I think this is what's happening. So I guess I'm going to like cut back on my protein. Okay. So what could be happening is that when we go long periods of time on low carb, whether we're diabetic or not, our body will start creating glucose out of protein right. or fat um, mm -hmm. through the process of gluconeogenesis. Yes. 
And one of the ways that I knew how to get myself out of that zone, because I was finding I was reacting to certain things. I was getting really shaky, like my hypoglycemia was coming back. So I started doing carb ups, which stopped that from happening. Um, but I just thought I, I didn't, I guess I just didn't think about diabetics in the effect it could have on that because what you're doing as a non-diabetic is you're giving your body just that touch of glucose so that gluconeogenesis doesn't have to do its thing. So mm-hmm. you have more control day by day that that protein isn't being used because there's always that if you do a carb up, then there's just a little bit of glucose in your body that, because there are systems that require glucose and yeah. no matter how low carb you go, it's going to make glucose. But if you yeah. control that by doing a carb up and just, it doesn't even need to be a huge massive thing like you were saying just like a tortilla <laughs> <laughs> yeah then Something. your body holds on to that glucose keeps it for the processes that need it so when you do have protein it's processed just like protein it isn't converted into glucose when you're not ready for that yeah okay <laughs> you've blown my mind there are so many yeah yeah this was thank you for that <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> that is amazing. Of course that would work. Yeah, well done. It, I know. It took some it took some work, but finally evened it out because there for a little bit I was like, okay, well, I guess my body's like done with keto. Like it just doesn't yes. like it anymore. And then yeah, finally found that one little website that said like it talked about gluconogenesis, particularly for diabetics. And then I figured that out because my doctor was like, yeah, I guess, I mean, you can just start bolusing for protein. And I was like, no, because the whole reason I'm doing this is to take less insulin and control my blood sugars. So I don't want to do that. So, um, okay. We've chatted about your childhood and diabetes. So I'm sure that there were a lot of lessons you learned as a child. And I think you wrote a book. I did. Can we chat a little bit about that? Of course. So, um, like I said, I was diagnosed when I was three, so it's been 25 years and I've had, I don't know, a half a dozen like friends or cousins or friends of friends diagnosed with type one diabetes. And every time it happens, I'm just like word vomit, all of this information, like here's things you need to look at things to think about. Don't forget about this. Ask your doctor about that. Like overwhelming these people with information. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And a friend of mine, his four-year-old daughter was diagnosed last year. And I was like, this is it. Like I need to write a book. So it's called the type one life. You can get it on Amazon and it's all of the things that doctors don't tell you is how I describe it to people. It's how to deal with going to school, playing sports, going to sleepovers, um, preparing for college, just the most emotional and mental impact of living with diabetes. So it's targeted towards parents whose child has just been diagnosed. But I've also had um, like preschool teachers read it. I've had just people who are around kids or like maybe they just want to know more about diabetes and they're just like, I just want to be like, what is it like to live with diabetes? Then you can learn all the ins and outs um, from the book that way. That sounds totally magical. And I wish something like that had been available when you were growing up so that you could yes. have that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. What do you feel is missing in the keto space right now? I, based on all the research I've done, there's a lot of information lacking for type 1 diabetes and keto. Like uh, every place I went, it was like, consult your doctor. 
And I'm like, that's not helpful because my doctors don't know it. (laughs) They don't care about it. They don't know anything. So there wasn't a whole lot of information about like, and I mean, there's not a lot that is really different, but it's just that information about like, this is what you need to look for. Like the protein problem that I had and like bolusing for protein um, and just explaining the difference between ketoacidosis and ketosis. I think that's something that someone needs to jump on is starting a keto and type one diabetes blog or, or podcast or whatever. Like maybe you. Like maybe me. <laughs> um, I could maybe. It's really not that hard. It's Consistency not- is key. Yeah. I already run two podcasts, so <laughs> my third might be a bit much. Amen to that. Amazing. <laughs> and where can people find you if they want to learn more? So if you uh, want to find the book or I have a whole lot of uh, resources listed at the type one life and that's the number one um, dot com. So you can find the book and all my resources there. Or if you just want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at just creatives. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica. And we'll include all the links that you mentioned, including the Everly Well test we chatted about, um, the Bright Spots and Landmines book, your book, over at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E113. Hey, that rhymes. And thanks. Oh, it does. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition programs.